0: Friends, as we all know, life in the modern world can be pretty tough sometimes. Whether it's that overwhelmed feeling caused by the 24-hour news cycle or that exhausted keeping up with the Joneses marathon that many people feel like they're running on a daily basis or simply trying to get by day in and day out. The good news is that there are now platforms designed to provide us with the support we need. Our sponsor, BetterHelp, is a wonderful resource that's purposely designed to be accessible and personalized to your exact specifications. With the click of a button, you can sign up and be matched with a professional of the highest standards, a specialist that can be an unbiased support system throughout your week and beyond. And BetterHelp goes out of its way to ensure that your needs are met. If the professional you're matched up with isn't working out, BetterHelp will work tirelessly to match you up with someone who will here at 20 sided gamified we fully and readily support our listeners goals of living healthy fulfilling lives filled with laughter fun gaming and stories to pass on from generation to generation we are proud to have a partnership with better help and we hope you'll look into this wonderful opportunity and resource at a time where we all may need a little boost signing up for better help has never been easier Go to betterhelpcom 20 gamified to learn more and sign up at a 10% discount for your first month. You can also gain access to BetterHelp through the link provided in our show notes. Thank you so much. All right, there, friends. Hello, this is Jared here. Twenty-sided Gamified Podcast. Kelly. I'm not here. gonna lie to you. Oh, Kelly, you yeah, want to I'm do that here. again? <laughs> <It's price. laughs> yeah, so just, just so you know, that's the indicator right there. I don't know how this is gonna go. I think it's gonna go really well. Um, I have one of my favorite. Well, I mean, Kelly, obviously you're one of my favorite people, but I really wow. have one of my one of my favorite people uh in this Zoom space right now. And again, anything can happen. Um he's looking at me, he's got that smile. Usually that smile means he's bought me, yeah, the smirk. He's bought me something that's going to cost me even more money. God only knows. Um, but before I introduce the guest, here, let's be professional for one second. Ready? So look, Wargamers, we talk about this stuff all the time. I know that this has come up here and there on this podcast, but we've never really done what we're about to do right now before in whatever, like 35 or 36 episodes so far, Um what we're thinking a little bit about is, you know, that person out there that's listening to this show, um, that's kind of saying to themselves, man, I'd really love to get into wargaming. Like, how do I do it exactly? And don't get me wrong. There have been, you know, like handwritten articles, typed up articles and magazines here and there. But I don't know necessarily if any podcast has ever done what we're about to do. So I think we're breaking into new ground. Kelly, how does it make you feel? You know, and you're just ambivalent about it. You <laughs> I mean, just, shrug. you know, <laughs>
1: topics. Is that what you talk just did? about it? I think so it's very way, interesting. Yeah, it could very well be. But also, like when you said, like articles and magazines, these are yeah. articles and magazines these people don't even know about.
0: Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> that is definitely true. Also, I just want to point out everyone that Kelly is painting right now. I am. He's painting, like, this is a Dave Chappelle skit, <laughs> like, he's cutting onions or something <laughs> while, uh, he did he's trying to sign the contract i don't know if you ever seen that skit but I, not. I digress um let me introduce the guest so one of my best friends in the entire world i've known this guy pretty much my whole life uh not just a friend but a really like a gaming friend really all that stuff in between he gets me into so much trouble um titch white one of my best friends what's up dude
2: hey what's happening good to be here again uh, yeah no sure a right a couple I know episodes you've been... ago with cory and yeah, uh, yeah yeah glad to be
0: back you're very amped about this by the way
2: very amped because I love getting new people into the hobby and helping people spend their money.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> like
2: you, Jared. Just like No, you. I know,
0: man. I know. But Whoa. you would be very proud, though. Like when you come up uh, at some point or another, you can see all the War of the Roses figures I've been painting. I've been talking about them on this podcast a lot, actually, probably to the point where people don't want to hear it anymore.
2: Well, if my plan holds true here at the holiday season, you will be getting another (laughs) mega box from me. I'm sure. Only (laughs) to uh, writhe in pain when you look at all, what is it, 90s, 540 figures.
0: That's a lot of figures. I mean, that's a lot of painting, you know. I'm getting up
2: there in age, T. That's nothing. (laughs) I'm older (laughs) than you, and I buy – 500 figures and the drop them. I know
0: hand. you're a machine, but you know, that that's kind of the point of this whole talk, right? I mean, see, I know you've got a ton of notes over there. I know you've put a lot of seriously, I know you put a lot of thought into this. Um, all right. So here, let's just do this. Let's just literally do this. All right. So, and I know I have to participate too. See, normally I don't do much except ask questions, but I think I've been told for this episode that I actually need to voice an opinion. Is that true, T? Yes.
1: <laughs> finger has been
0: raised <laughs> <and> pointed <laughs> indeed um so yeah i will voice my opinion here all right so let's just pretend here total hypothetical somebody's listening to this episode when the episode drops they say to themselves i really want to get into historical wargaming but it's just such an overwhelming thing right t what would you say you're going to start this conversation where do you think somebody starts Where do you start? Or where should I start? Or where does Kelly start? What do you think?
2: What's your motivation, right? What movie did you see? Like, I wanted to do Crusades after um, the Orlando Bloom movie. Oh, Kingdom of Heaven? Kingdom of Heaven. Yep. Or I wanted to do Zulus after watching Zulu. Yep. You know? Um, Maybe, oh, I can't think of the movie now with Rutger Hauer during the Italian Wars where he's the mercenary. Uh. I know what you're talking about. Blood and something. I know
0: what you're talking about. I love Rutger Hauer. It's there, but uh, yeah, yeah, I get it.
2: But mo- movies like that, or a book you read, yeah, or a game you played at a con with, where you played with somebody who was from another part of the country, and you really enjoyed the rules, you really enjoyed the figures, you really enjoyed the action, and you say, you know, I want to do English Civil War, or I want to do modern Africa, or, or whatever it might be. Or something that's being played at your club and you need to build a force to plug in play. So you're not just a hanger on, but you're an active participant. So I really think it's that breadth of I, of ideas or breadth of entry points that you just have to pick the one that works for you or the one that's motivating you the most.
0: Yeah, because you're right. And Kelly, I'm going to loop you into this in a second. The, the thing I agree with more than anything else, T, than what you just said is... Look, if you just buy some random stuff that you're not motivated to paint, then we know what that turns into, right? It's like the pile of shame that just sort of sits there on the shelf that our families are upset about. They just stare. I was about to curse because it's gonna. it might be one of those episodes with kids, you know, just be careful when you're listening. But yeah, they just sort of stare back at you, you know, and then you just sort of sit there. And I know I've been there before, you know, Kelly, what about you? You know, you're, you, and I know that you're relatively new compared yeah. to us. I guess, like as old men, you know, um, mm-hmm. what's your motivation, or like what? What's the first thing that comes to your mind when you decide? Okay, there's something I'm going to get into.
1: So there, I mean, the motivation has to be there, the interest in the historic period. I think that goes without kind of saying. Um, but seeing, and I'm sure we'll get into this as the conversation continues. Um you seeing kind of the wide breadth of everything that is out there and the big question of where to start I think like you need a guide you need someone who's willing to sit down with you and like hey this is where you buy this these are the companies like these are the things you need to get in order to get started into yeah. doing whatever it is you want to do. Kelly
0: do you find that people are your guide or are they more or, or books are your guide or movies sure.
1: or I think for me it was people, all right? Because yeah. you know my my friend Steve got me into it, and without him I wouldn't have known where to start. Yeah. So um, that that's my own personal experience. I don't know how it was for the both of you, like how you yeah. both started.
0: Well, for me, I I was kind of, as the kids would say back in the day, kind of I kind of got jumped into it. Uh, yeah. You know, by my crazy father, who I love. Um, you were
1: born and bred to do this kinda. one thing. Yeah, no, totally, <laughs> totally, totally. But I think I don't know. You know, it's a good question. I look,
0: you have to understand, Titch is making me do this. I don't I never answer questions on the show. <laughs> like, so it's a little awkward for me right now. I never talk about myself. What about um, Titch,
1: how did he the, get started?
2: Well, Jared got <laughs> started by Bert, the man, the myth, the legend, right? Yes, he is, yeah. Yeah. You know, Bert's a buddy of mine now for over 20 20- years. No, over 30 no, years. Yeah, try 30. Now
0: No, I know, God. right?
2: But no, I mean, I said this on the last episode I was on. You know, I happened on this because I was a child and I had a babysitter who was in high school was getting ready to go off to college and my mother was an artist and I went into her studio and her rules were with him and his name was Steve, Steve Page. Um, use anything you want. Just don't make a mess. Clean up when you're done. And I wandered in around midnight um, while they were at dinner club. And he was painting a Rafum, uh Camel Corps uh, Sudan figure. And yeah. I literally sat there and watched him for an hour. And a few weeks later, he babysat again. And I went in there and he handed me one. This is 1976, it's and it's like game a on. Drug. yeah. The, it was like <laughs> it, it, it was like, <laughs> yeah. Step behind, step behind the building here, and I'm gonna slip <laughs> you a little. No, but it really was. And then it was airfix, then it was lead, and now it's multi-part plastics, resin. It's everything, but it, it's been going now in me for close to 50 years, day in day out. I think breathe eat wargaming i try to paint one to two hours a night every night that i'm in town every night that i can and crank out armies for different projects
1: you are a machine
2: that would be i've interesting, been known to be i've been that would be known an
1: interesting to be. uh, topic like how much time a week do you spend in this hobby you know that'd be a cool separate topic we for probably all probably want to do more right
2: oh, yeah. Yeah. i mean well, you know, always
1: trying to scrape up the time you know
2: yeah, when your wife's a teacher and goes to bed at nine o'clock, and you're kind of a night owl, you got two two and a half hours once everybody's in bed to do nothing but slink down into the uh the chamber and and that's my way because
0: I'm usually the one in bed at nine o'clock. Exactly. <laughs> I gotta, no, it's true. No, Deb and I like uh, we we see eye to eye in that sense. You know. Yeah, I
2: text Jared nothing. <laughs> Nothing. I call him. Nothing. Nothing. And then he tells me, I put my do not disturb on at eight o'clock at night. I'm like, I have customers call me at three in the morning. I have to answer the phone. You're a are you are wild person. Doing? Yeah, you're no, a wild wait, person. I'm a professional. It's <laughs> different.
0: So by the way, if, if either of you actually care, I will answer the question for the first time on this stupid podcast. It's not stupid people. It's not. It's not. Um, you know, for me, I it is a little, uh, I don't mean to sound lame. It is sometimes a little bit academic for me. Like, especially as an adult, I think I like working on wargaming projects that connect to things I teach. So if I have to read about the Napoleonic era, or I'm reading about the Seven Years' War, or I'm reading about World War I, that usually motivates me to do a little bit of work, uh, you know, on, on miniatures and things like that. I think back in the day, it was a little similar too. Yes, m- just like you, T, m- just like UT T, um, movies definitely kind of kind of get me going, you know, in terms of wanting to paint stuff up. But you can mock me all you want because, again, people, you know, these two are just staring at me, cackling as I'm answering. But I think a lot of times it is actually books for me. So, look, you know, if you want to make fun of your podcast host, that's fine.
2: <laughs> I've been doing it for... I know. Twenty plus years, Jared. It's never no, going to stop. So, well, here's a here's a question,
0: and T. I'm gonna I'm gonna make you use your notes because I'm not gonna lie. This is a this is something that, as I sip from my scotch glass, um, this do, this is something that gets my goat because this is the question I'm about to ask. All right, so look, you're a new person, right? So let's think about what we've covered so far. You're a new person. We talked a lot about motivation, right? You've got to want to do a project. You've got to want to get into a time period. All right, let's talk about what it takes to get your army together. T, what's your strategy for, okay, you know that you want to do the 30 years war. You know you want to do the War of the Roses. What's your strategy? What, how, do you, how do you
2: tackle it? Well, first, I think you have to make sure you've picked what excites you, right? Because will you enjoy the labor or will you get bored? And ultimately that comes to the staying power because if you are painting eight man units, 16 man units, 28 man units, that's labor. It's, it's, it's hours of time for an outcome. So I think once you've decided that, for me, recently, Corey and I, uh, who's been on the show as well, the owner of C- Cigar Box Battle, uh, the Matt company, he and I are doing 30 Years War. So what was our scale, right? And not yep. not miniature scale, but what was our scale? Do we want to be huge, epic, massive? Do we want something mid-sized or do we want something skirmish? We we went with the big game. Yeah, you know, 36 tercios against how many ever battalions plus TAV and artillery and officers and everything else. So you have to look at your scope. What are you willing to invest in? Because it's financially impactful and it's time impactful. And time and money are two most important things in life. Yeah. So you have to say to yourself, you know, what, what am I going to do? And once we chose our sca- our scope we went to scale right and scale has a lot of things as well it's kind of like you know can you paint it Mm -hmm. i can't paint six millimeter anymore yeah i just i don't see it well enough i can still do 15s i can still do 25s 28s whatever you want to call it now so we chose 28 millimeter 30 years war now that goes into some of the other topics is what's available to you. Meaning miniatures-wise? Miniatures-wise. That's yeah. super important because you pick something like modern Africa. There may only be one or two manufacturers, and do they blend? Yeah. You know, you've know, you had Martin Goddard on from Peter Pig, and they make AK-47, which is a fantastic game, and they have a very extensive set of miniatures. But where do you find the buildings? Right. Well, you go to TimeCast and maybe you buy some of their Indochina buildings and some of their European buildings and mix and match. You have to, you have to look at every aspect of the game you're building um, and you look at accessories. So 28 millimeter, a lot of 3D printed models, Old Glory, Bicorn, First Core, 1898, uh, Bloody Miniatures. Perry, War Games Foundry, Steve Barber, amongst others, that allowed us to pull together forces that can represent historically, and more importantly for me, represent a unique mix of things to where, for Christmas, just to digress for a moment, for Christmas Mm -hmm. I'm getting sappers, wounded, wounded, uh, monks for a vignette, a variety of officers. I was able to find leather guns, you know, so I, I mixed and matched from 10 different manufacturers to come up with a broad base of miniatures that will allow me to put a game on the table that I'm proud of, that's engaging, that's aspiring for new gamers, because that's part of it. You've You've aspired to build a game because of a book, a movie, we've already discussed that. Maybe somebody, as Kelly said, somebody walked you in, hand-in-hand in hand into a period, and now it's now it's go time. Yeah.
0: Now, but, let me pause you for a sec. All right. <laughs> I want to put Kelly on the spot. Uh, Kelly, you ready, dude? Yeah. All right. Um, you're talking to two people that have been gaming probably, I don't know, if you add up the amount of time that we've been doing, it's probably about 70 or 80 years, right? Mm-hmm. Kelly... You started, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, you're less than five years into the gig of gaming.
1: 17, 18 is when I started. 2017, 2018.
0: And you're still a young man. So vibrant, full of life. None of my hairs have turned gray. Yeah. The word
2: word is child.
0: (laughs) He says that lovingly though, Kelly. I know, I know. So Kelly, let me ask you something. And it's a serious question. Um, Titch and I were sort of, brought into the world of gaming where everything that Titch described, I do the same thing, right? So just as an example, right? Um, I love Essex miniatures. I love it. Absolutely. Like they are classic, right? Yeah. But the characters, like they don't have great characters. And the thing about the War of the Roses, if you're going to represent, I don't know, Henry Sixth or Edward mm-hmm. IV, um, you know, Richard Neville, you know, the Duke of Warwick, if you're going to represent these folks, Essex doesn't make them. So what that mm-hmm. basically means is now I've got to do that legwork. So I am going to use Peter Pig miniatures. And, and T, you're right. Martin was on a while back. Um, problem, though, is that you know a lot of these companies, the scales don't match, right? So my commanders, I think they're going to look good because I'm going to base them individually, essentially, like they're not going to be mixed in with Essex miniatures, right? So they're going to kind of be off on their own. So Kelly, my question to you is, as a newer person, how does all of that sound to you? meaning you're getting into the hobby. Now, granted, you've got us kind of backing you up, right? But you're a new person. I mean, does that sound overwhelming to you or not? Is that is that something that, like, you could dive into? That's my question.
1: Yes and no. I think it depends on the person and what their drive and motivation is going to be. Um, And I can only speak from my own personal experience having kind of, like, joined in, like, When I was starting out, like, yeah, it was really, really overwhelming Um, trying to figure out, okay, like, what basing am I using? Where do I buy bases? Uh, The models, okay, where do I get models from? Okay, there's different companies. Which one should I pick? You know, is it going to matter? So, yeah, that can be overwhelming. And when I started out, I did do, like, a lot of mixes of different things, Cause it's like, oh, yeah, fifteen 18, it's all the same, and it's no, it's not it's just... <laughs> that one <Right>. company's twelve <laughs> like no, um so I you know i I think it can be, and that's probably what turns some people off uh because it doesn't come in like a comprehensive like box like hey, this is this is it, this is what you need, this is what you're getting, right. um, you do have to do a little bit of digging, but that's also I think kind of the fun of it, and where it ties in. Uh, and i think you know science fiction they don't give themselves enough credit like the 40k people uh, when they look at history it's like well 40k like you're looking up and researching lore Um, with history you're researching and looking lore it's just you have to do the extra steps of like okay learning the companies because that's it like once you learn the companies or you learn like who your resin producer is or the 3d printing you're set you just need to have that kind of guidance and. Uh, be willing to put yourself out there to ask those questions to figure out what it is you want to do. And if you're not doing it with anyone else, more power to you. you just Google, like, hey, what's a good basing side? And then you well, go into the dark web. That's so, an interesting little point yeah. there. I want to go back. I want to go back
0: to Titch for one second. Titch, we are old men. You're a little older than me. Let's say that person out there is listening to this conversation and they're like, oh my God, like that's a lot of companies. That's a lot of work that I would need to do t, do you have any advice for that person, like again, you know, use your thirty years' War kind of example? I mean
2: well what did, I you think, just, what did you decide to do well i i I think for me, I've been at it a while, so there's not a lot of undiscovered country when it comes to miniature companies, but there are undiscovered companies from the fact that I don't own anything from them, yeah. And when you go, let's go with your Peter Pig versus Essex Miniatures. Do it, battle. Yeah, I have in my Malburian period. I've got Warlord slash War Games Factory, mm-hmm. Dixon. I've got uh, War Games Foundry, Front Rank, um, good old uh, mini figs. Yep, But what I don't have, and Old Glory, of course, but what I don't have them is mixed in the same units.
0: Right. That's huge. Okay. So I think think that you can – I'm sorry. I I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Like to, to your eyes, it doesn't look too weird when everything is kind of mixed up on the battlefield?
2: No, because you can get standards that apply to all units, like your flag size. Yep. If you buy all Maverick flags or all um, Warfare Miniatures flags or GMB flags or whomever, or the flag dude, Rick, I love that guy. Um, If you've got all your flags are the same size, it looks uniform across the table. Now, I wish I could say I had uniform flags, but I have so many different units that I have flags from multiple manufacturers. But when you look at it from one end of the table to the other, it's very clean because each unit doesn't have to be perfectly matched up. many figs are very small, front rank yeah. are very large. But if they're next to each other and the flags are relatively the same size and they're painted well, they're just that's just a formation moving forward.
0: Yeah. And once you the know. dice start going, I don't no know. No one how cares. No one cares. So okay. So because remember, what I'm trying to do here is, as the lovable host of this show is I'm trying to make this concise for, for, for that sort of listener out there, you know? So I'm going to put both of you on the spot, right? A lot of wargaming companies, a lot of modern wargaming companies, right? A lot of which I really, really enjoy, right? So, I mean, I'm thinking Firelock Games, Warlord Games. Uh, in a way, Peter Pig is not a modern company, but they've been doing this for a really long time. How do you guys feel about a company that puts out the rules, puts out the dice, puts out all the figures, one-stop shop? Is that an answer to some of what we're talking about or do you guys not really like that approach? I don't know who wants to take that first.
2: I, th- I think, it, I think it's, it's good for somebody who – I don't want to say limited in scope because that's, un, that's unkind. Somebody who wants a game that they can play, especially in a club or with a group of guys where everybody's committed to a certain portion of the final outcome. Yeah. A firelock, blood and plunder game, I'm going to take the Dutch, I'm going to take the British, I'm going to take the Pirates, I'm going to take the French, is very, very easily divisible amongst the team. I'm going to do a couple of boats, I'm going to do landing boats, I'm going to do whatever. But... That's because you're only playing Blood and Plunder with those figures. Right. And you're not looking at, we talked about our pirate game, Corey and I are doing. Yeah. You know, I've got pirates from four or five different manufacturers that all blend fairly well. Primarily uh, Old Glory and War Games Foundry. With a few Black Scorpion and a few other things thrown in. Yeah. As special characters or a vignette, you know, uh, flag bearer, uh, standard bearer with a couple of guys on the base. Um, but if you want, uh, I think, um, warfare miniatures, uh, or league of Augsburg, uh, just did a thing about, uh, rebellions in Panama in mm-hmm. one of their beneath the lily banners, uh, Facebook posts right. If you want the, the freed slaves, if you want black miniatures, you have to buy certain brands to get the uh, anatomically correct miniature so that, that when they're painted they're they're correct. Yeah and if the brand you you're playing doesn't offer them and your blood and plunder at 30 32 millimeters, you really are restricting what you can add to your game. Yep, that is no, not totally a knock dude. on them because I have a half a dozen boats and twelve long boats and everything else down in the uh, down in the back cave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, or,
0: but, or, or, as, or, or maybe somebody would say like the museum of miniatures.
2: <laughs> hey, Corey called it. Corey called it a gaming store the other day. My pi- my pile of shame is about twelve thousand miniatures. But you know they what's will really funny?
0: You know what's really funny? By the way, I bet people that are listening they don't understand. Like they probably think that we're exaggerating. We're not. Like you could literally open a store based on what's like in your basement.
2: Well, I'm I'm looking to do a flea market table at Siege <laughs> of Augusta, and I figured if everybody bought what I took, I'd make about eight grand. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's gotcha. that's abandoned projects yeah no totally you kelly. Know. go kelly
0: yeah kelly so you've been you've been waiting patient what's your yeah. take on this so like that kind of one-stop shop sort of modern thing that's going on these days what do you think about that
1: i think it's good um and like the the primary example i think everyone will always use is what warlord is doing with its epic scale Yeah. Um, The fact that everything is in the box, they're making their terrain. They have the units. Uh, Now, granted, like there's not a lot of diversity (laughs) in those units um, because it's like the Civil War, for instance, the Rebs and the Union are. It's the same model, just different colors of plastic. At the end of the day, yeah. Um, So you know, I, I do think that is good for like someone who's looking to get into it. Like that's there. But I also think of it as, okay, that's like kind of the gateway to finding out what's really out there, right, like okay, you got that, that's really cool now, look at these guys, these old glory blue moons that I have, right, like look how nice these bases are oh i i, I base them to how I wanted to, not to how uh Warlord wants you to, yep, um, and even like let's like let also I'm gonna throw in games workshop there, right, like games workshop has um all their 40K models. Like, you could buy Space Marine and not play 40K, right? You could yeah. make your own base or whatever. So, like, I like I like that there's a flexibility. I think a lot of the historic stuff that is coming out now does pin you in a position where you can't really do much else with it unless you go out of your way to, like, hey, I really like these models. They look really great, Yeah. Um, which, you know...
0: What you're both describing... Um, I'll make a quick analogy. It, it it sounds a little bit, you know, like getting into music, right? I mean, unless you're very wealthy, right? Nobody's going out and buying a $10,000 Les Paul custom right out, out the gate to learn how to play guitar. You go to the music store. And by the way, just to be really clear here, because all the companies that I'm about to mention, I really like, just like Titch said, um, if you're new You go to the music store, you buy the $100 Strat, you know, copy, you get a little amp with it, maybe you get a pedal with it, you get a couple of cables, right? And that might last you for a really long time. And you might still play that thing forever. But once you really know what you're doing, then you can start kind of picking and choosing and adding to what you're doing. So in that sense, when I think of companies like Warlord and um, Firelock Games, Peter Pig, in a way you could just have a wonderful time gaming those time periods you know with each of those companies put out um and it might be great and 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 it could very well be that you never have to add anything but for a lot of us you start wanting more and if like the company doesn't make that part or that piece you can kind of go out and and you know kind of get something else so here's just to wrap this particular segment up right um this is what i would say right so, this is, and also, this is what I do. I usually will go with a particular company that I really like for a particular line. And then, what I usually will do is that'll kind of found, that'll form the foundation for the time period or fa- form the foundation for whatever I'm gaming. And then I go and pick up the different accessories that I need or want. Um, to kind of round things out. And also to Titch's point, there is something that's real cool sometimes about mixing companies. Because when you do that, you might get different poses. You might get a, get a different feel. So ultimately, it's like anything else. I think that everything we've talked about so far could be a really good thing for someone to think about if they're trying to get into the hobby. T-Dog, go for it.
2: Part of it is the scope of your game, right? Totally. We, we talked about uh, Warlord Games and I take their ECW slash 30 Years War combo because those things are fairly interchangeable. Yeah, They've got Dragoon Horseholders. They've got Rabble Rousers. They've got a Surgeon. They've got a Sniper. They've got all these unique things of which I own them all, <laughs> I must admit. Um, they allow you to add a lot of flavor to your game. They allow you to add a lot of scatter terrain to your game. Um, they've got Swedish leather guns, which are hard to come by. There's basically two manufacturers. So just because a manufacturer has a set of rules or a standard doesn't mean that that's all you need, but it's okay if that's all you want. Yeah. And that really that's really what it comes down to me is if – you're happy to find your entire game within one manufacturer. Like Games Workshops, you buy the codex, you build the ultimate force, you've got all your good stuff. You know, they come out with a new model, you add drop in a model, you take a model out. That's fantastic because you're gaming. That's the end of the day. You know, we have to replace ourselves over time. And if that's what gets you in, and then later you sit down with a spreadsheet and you look at your War of the Roses project and you go, why do I have 6,000 painted miniatures in 28 <laughs> millimeter scale and a castle and moats and everything else? You may have gotten there over time. Yeah. And there's and that really comes down back to scope, right? Is it a all-encompassing game like Blood and Plunder where once you've built your force and you have your boats... It's rinse and repeat. You come up with different outcomes. You build a few different scenarios, but you're set. Or 40K. I've got my Marines. I've got my Necrons. I've got my Tyranids, whatever it is. And rinse and repeat. It's, it's, it's that kind of game. Or am I looking for a game that I can change a scenario, that I can have a raid on a town? I can have a raid on a rearguard action or intercepting the wagon train, or, or a variety of things that happened in history, right? So I think that goes back to scope. Yeah, totally. And what are you trying to achieve? You know, I go back many, many years and how I met your dad, and I go DBA. Yep, DBA isn't chess, but it's very similar. You have your, I don't know what version they're on now, nine point six, <laughs> but you know, you have your, you have your twelve. 16 elements. It's a whole army. You have all your different forces. You deploy them in different ways, and you get a different outcome every time. But the mechanics of the game are the same. The objectives are the same. Yeah, the army's and the same, too. The army's the same. Yeah. Although you do have a few variations within within DBA. Yeah. But that's scope. Yeah. And what do you want to achieve? You know? If, yeah, I do. If, and to pick on it. Kelly for a minute, if you buy one pack of World War One Germans at Historicon, because that's all they have, you can't do anything with
1: it. Yeah.
2: Don't paint those 12 miniatures.
1: Well, the, the intent is to get more. <laughs> 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 that's why we get one pack, dip our toes.
2: Yeah. Kelly, I, you have something to say. Yeah,
1: I, I did have a question that I think relates to our conversation from like a couple minutes ago, mm-hmm. um, dealing with like miniatures and getting into the hobby. Now, like I, I don't know what it was like back in the day, not to you know throw aging shade at the both of you, but um it's okay. Like what was it like back in the day? Cause nowadays we have all these companies. Um, we have all these choices. And then like I, I don't think 3D printing is gonna be like as a revolutionary. I mean, I think it's great, but I don't think it's gonna like replace everyone. Uh, but you know, there's 3D printing now, so there's all these options for historicals. And every time, like I listen to podcasts or I listen to other people talk, um, they're always bringing up Airfix. You yeah. know? So, like, what was your options back then? Um, in terms of like buying miniatures, like, did you have a lot of options? See, by the way, Kelly, this is why often
0: I will say on the show that you are the world's greatest co-host because that's a ridiculously good question, and I think that and i don't know t you might have a different answer than me but i don't know I, I might i might cast a little shade for a moment on the hobby slightly it 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 does back in the day it felt sometimes like you're sort of looking for the holy grail you know i can remember pre internet inventions were really important you know going to a big con it really mattered that manufacturers showed up to sell their miniatures because otherwise you're looking at, you know, old magazines like The Courier, you know, which is an amazing wargaming magazine, which helped me a lot, you know, in terms of, like, learning about wargaming and, and things along those lines. But, you know, sometimes they would have ads for companies and things like that. And, and Kelly, I, th- I think that you're touching on something really important. Back in the day, you were pretty limited in terms of what you could get. So, again, I don't, I don't know what T would say about this, but, you know, sometimes you had to, like, do conversions, You know, way back when, if you were buying Airfix figures or even some of the original, um, you know, wargaming companies that were sort of out there, whether you were talking about, like, Scrooby figures, um, you know, Old Britons. I mean, even though Britons, it's a little bit of a different story, but you get what I mean. Like, you kind of had to, like, cobble stuff together, you know? So, in a way, I felt less overwhelmed about starting a project when I was younger than I do now. So that's a, a really good point. T, I, I
1: don't know. Oh no, go ahead, Kelly. Yeah, not to like cut anyone off, but it's like this also goes into the whole like when people talk about the gring and the hobby, which I think is kind of a dumb conversation to have. Yeah. Um, like this is part of that issue.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, totally. I get yeah. that. T, what do you think, dude? Well, I think it's it's kind of uh you look back in time and there are a couple of distinct phases. Mm-hmm. There's the seventies. Then there's the eighties, which bled into the nineties. And then there's internet post-internet. Right. And, you know, everybody our age, Jared, or my age talks about the golden age of wargaming. Yeah. And I think it's now. And That's 10 years point. ago, I thought it was now. And in 1987, I thought it was now. Um, The ability to go online and order, as I did for myself for Christmas, stuff from 10, 12 different manufacturers in an hour is amazing. Because back in 88, when I was in college and got into Napoleonics, we went to the friendly local gaming store, which is rarer and rarer these days. And he had a book. Of line drawings from Essex and Dixon and um, War Games Foundry and a few others, and you just took a sheet and wrote what you wanted. He ordered it from War Games in the U.S. Johnson Hood's old company, um, and it showed up a couple of weeks later, and you went and picked it up. You know, and if you didn't get to Historicon or Cold Wars or Fall In or one of the majors. There was a lot of things you didn't see until you ordered, until you were willing to invest in at least a pack to even look at what they looked like, Yeah, you know, but come 95 and the burgeoning of international online sales or international mail order, where you could write to a company, they would send you a catalog, you'd place an order and it'd show up a month later. And then, You know, two thousand two game on anything you wanted was there at your fingertips. Yeah, one click away. Right, and you also have to look at the companies themselves. War Games Foundry. Some of those miniatures that are just as good today, I bought in two thousand for seventy five cents a piece at Cold Wars. You know, there's. Yeah, still see the tabletop. There's. Still some in the pile of shame, <laughs> but they're, you know, they're, they're, they're just as relevant today as they were then. Yeah. Dixon, same thing. And some of the newer companies is as you look at their leadership, they came from other foundational companies and they've taken what they learned and they've added their own secret sauce You know, you have codexes for bolt action. You have codexes for um, black powder. You have these various things that have flames of war. You you know, they change that game every couple of years to keep you buying more stuff. They've gone from lead miniatures to resin miniatures to multi-part plastics to plastic-only figures and so on. But what really makes a company unique for me is when their miniatures are applicable to any set of rules you buy. If I can buy the miniatures and apply them to my rule, my choice of rules, and we're going to talk about rules and how to run a game in another episode, but if I can take them and apply them to my desired outcome, to me, that's the most appealing part of a company versus a homogenistic, holistic game that you buy and use solely. Yeah. And to Kelly's point, yes, you can buy a space marine and you use it in something else, but really everything they do at Games Workshop is designed to be done within their four walls.
0: Yeah. You know what I'm thinking listening to you guys talk? Maybe we shouldn't be, or at least maybe, I don't think you guys did this, maybe I did it a little bit, but maybe we shouldn't be framing all of these choices that people have as a bad thing. You know what I mean? It's really really a good thing actually you have tons of choices um tons of different places you can kind of get miniatures and honestly like especially coming from myself and from t um it's never been easier to get miniatures so maybe here's my advice before we change topics right so maybe the advice is if you are listening to this podcast and we've been going for about 40 minutes at this point um let's say you really like the american civil war go sit down Pop open your laptop or your computer or your iPhone or whatever it is that you use. Google American Civil War miniatures, whether that's 15 millimeter or 10 millimeter or 25 millimeter. Take a look at what your options are, just like anything else. It's like going to the supermarket, right? And maybe we should, again, you know, not feel overwhelmed by this, but actually look at it as like, wow, I have so many different possible choices, I see Kelly nodding approvingly. Yeah, that I just, makes
1: me I feel like, good. I, yeah, I, I just like I said before, I think it's you know these big companies that are established and they put out their box sets. Those are just, um, for lack of a better term, like it's the gateway drug. And then yeah. from there, you know, if you really want to get into it and break out and, um, you know, experience more, yeah, which is good, right? Yeah, um, you can find that. Yeah. So let's um, think about what we've covered
0: right? So we've covered a lot of what we've covered has to do with motivation, right? Thinking about what do I want to play? Where does that impetus come from? We've talked about really like where to get our miniatures. And also Titch is a treasure trove of information when it comes to companies. I don't know if there's another person that I know that knows more about all the different wargaming companies out there. So if you go back and listen to this episode a couple of times, Just Google some of the names that have been dropped in this episode. You're going to find tons and tons and tons of different miniatures, right? So I'm going to leave this up to Titch. Titch, um, what's another topic that you feel we should get into? Well— You know what I mean? Before this episode kind of comes to a close.
2: Well, before we transition out of this— Yep. There is a resource that a lot of guys are afraid to use, but they should. Yeah, and that's eBay. Mm. Now, I paint hundreds, if not thousands of miniatures a year. You know this. You've, yes. You've been into the back cave. Yes. If you are wanting to try something, go to eBay because it's ready to go. Maybe you have to touch it up or, or I don't want to say repaint, but you have to do a little something to it, like change the cuffs, collars. Maybe you don't like the faces. You ink them. Put a wash on them, but it's a solid foundation for a new project. And it could be your sole source. Yeah. Like my Seven Years' War. I have not painted a 15 millimeter Seven Years' War figure, but I have, I don't know, a thousand, eighteen hundred figures for all five or six major contingents. Yeah. All purchased on eBay. Right. So I, I don't want people to think, because we haven't talked about, I need brushes, I need paint, I need a lightest paint, to, uh, an area two paint, a lighted, right. nice workshop where you can have eight bottles of paint behind you like Kelly. It makes me sad. But what I, what I you know, so when you get into what are your rules, what is your scale, what is your scope? everything that's available to you and what do I need to support that effort? And that's really what you have to look at when you say, okay, I want to paint Italian wars. You need 30 different colors because those guys went to the tailor and said, I don't want anything to match.
0: Yeah. It's so
2: true. right? You know,
0: (laughs) so they're cool though. I do like them. There's, there's
2: no uniformity to those figures. T you were bringing up
0: something that I love, Right. Because here's the thing. I've experienced this a lot with people that want to get into the hobby. And one of the first questions that they ask is not like, oh, where do I get the figures? It's like, do I have to paint those? So I think going to eBay is a great place to start. Because like you were saying, you know, I mean, there's no offense to the person you're buying from. But, you know, if you buy some painted miniatures, not only does that give you a framework to start from, right? Right. Um, but Hey, you can get those figures on the table a little quicker. And look, if you're playing DBA or if you're playing a game, you know, where you don't need a ton of stuff that could literally be your starting ground, you know, and if you got to add a little bit of a wash or something, that's fine. But Hey, in a week, you'll at least be able to kind of get gaming, you know, which I think is, I think is super, super important, you know, Kelly, did you ever buy miniatures on eBay? Is I that did. a thing you've done? Yeah. yeah when when what, I
1: first started out.
0: Yeah. what What was that like for you?
1: Um, I was mostly just looking for like cheap deals. Like I never bought anything pre-painted. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe it'll change when I'm older and decrepit. But it will. <laughs> what you, um, you? No,
0: I know exactly what you're going to say. Like, like I'd there's something.
1: Paint it all myself and have it. Yeah. Be my totally. Art style, right? Because that's it's an extension of my uh, <laughs> um of my abilities and my time and everything. Right. No, it's my, totally. I guess my pride or whatever. So, and I think I have a distinct art style compared to like other people who paint, especially like speed painters and things like that. Like I try yeah. to be gritty. Nothing of mine is really colorful. Yeah. Um, but no, I have gone that route before. Um. And I will sometimes, if, if I'm really jonesing for something, I'll see if there's a better deal. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm also at a stage where it's just like I'd rather buy from the main. uh the Totally. Main, Purchaser or the main company or whatever and have it shipped because with ebay my biggest issue is shipping times yeah and they'll usually use like the cheapest postal method, method and the cheapest postal method with the current state of the usps is usually pretty bad so like i've yeah. had things get lost for like weeks yeah i had to wait and that's the most agonizing thing ever
0: yeah especially when you want something And that's the thing like that's what's great about going to a con is like you just kind of just buy it and yeah, it's you in buy your, hands, one, you know?
1: your one pack of German uh, World War One. <laughs> <laughs> no, totally.
0: No, look, you have to understand. I mean, you 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 didn't co-host that episode, right? I think that hey, look, I'm in. I am in the same category as Titch, right? Oh, usually when I buy a project, I buy a project. Like, meaning we're talking about scope, right? For me, I would. I usually say to myself, "What's the biggest possible game that I would want to put on?" And that's usually what I buy. And then I can just work towards that, you know. And I think that... um, I don't know if it's a generational thing. It's probably just that every person is different thing, you know. But that's usually what I do. And we know that Titch White um, does that. He goes all in, drops the A-bomb, and then cleans up after the fact, you know. So... By the way, Tid, you're having way too much fun on this podcast. It's like
2: all, all I know is I got a message from Corey last night that the governor <laughs> has offered all teachers. Thank him; he's actually very pro education. Yeah, a thousand dollar bonus uh, for 2023. Yeah, and his text said, "Have you talked to Deborah about using that for <laughs> miniatures?" And my words back were were unkind and uncouth, but.
0: Yeah, we can't talk about that stuff. We can't talk about, about that stuff. No, 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 no. No.
2: Um no, but seriously, um you have you have to decide you know, your budget when you start a project. And whether it be eBay for a handful of unpainted miniatures or a handful of painted miniatures or you want to go a 1000 miniatures aside and you just go ahead and buy them out of the gate, I go back to well, you really enjoy the labor? will you get bored and will you have the staying power?
1: Yeah.
0: Cause
2: if you do go for it, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm painting 700 Swedes, 28, 28 men to a battalion. So what does that work out to be? 700, That's about what about it works out to. 36 battalions, something like that. Plus cav, plus artillery, plus officers, plus vignettes, um, plus wounded markers, uh, wounded counters, I'm all in. Yeah. You know, and this is something that we didn't touch on yet. And I think we have to at the end Yep, is, are you painting one side? Are you painting both, uh, both sides, the opponent as well, or are you participating again? I, I mentioned this before. Are you plugging into an existing campaign or an existing game system? Because, If you are doing it by yourself and you have to paint both sides, wade into it. If you've got a committed partner in the project, jump into it. And if you're plug and play at your local game store, Blood and Plunder, great one. You want to do the Dutch, no one's doing the Dutch. I want a Dutch contingent. Go for it because your investment is low. Your options are good. It's all together and and you're ready to play.
0: I feel very strongly about this one.
2: Um, I'm going to go
0: right in and give my opinion. No. Look, unless you have a really solid group or unless you're playing at like a store where you know people show up and you know that people play, you know, Blood and Plunder or Blood and Valor or whatever, um, or 40K or Fantasy or whatever the case may be, unless you really know that people are going to be in playing, I always buy both sides. Because I just I don't know, I feel like I've been burned so many times where it's like, oh yeah, let's kind of get into this into this project together, you know, and you're just cranking them away, and you by the way, for all the old I don't know if I'm putting out a video for this one, but I can see these gentlemen's faces just clenching up because we've all been there, like somebody's like, oh yeah, like you know we're gonna we're gonna play franco prussian war in twenty eight mil and I go out and I buy everything and I paint everything and you know, whoever I got into it with doesn't do a damn thing, and that's that hurts. You know, so I I I always buy both sides all the time. Yeah,
1: yeah, I could agree uh-huh. that. Like you 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 spend the money to get a brigade, and someone only makes a battalion. It's like, come on, why? Like, so I buy everything. Like I buy the forces for both sides for everything yeah. now. Yeah, I already
2: know what Titch White's gonna say. You gotta paint one for one if you buy both sides. Yeah, yeah. that's totally. important because what'll happen is. Franco-Prussian, for example. Yeah. You've got Bavarians, you've got the Prussians, you paint all the Bavarians, and then you go, okay, I'm not sure what to do next. You paint all the Prussians, and then you're like, you've lost your momentum and you have no French to fight against them, although you have the miniatures, you you, you invested up front. If you don't go, okay, one battalion, two battalion, one battalion, two battalion, calf, calf, so on and so forth. Right. You, you don't have any balance. You can't get anything on the table. And inevitably, ooh, shiny comes across your desk. <laughs> something <and> it's
0: something else. It's something else.
2: And I think you've got to have at least two, if not three, projects going at one time. And this is maybe a different topic for another day, but burnout is important to overcome. So yep. in my 30 years war, I just finished a, another unit of uh, Swedish heavy calf. I'm about to take a minute to do some barrels and some Gabions to take my mind off of the fact that I'm about to set another unit of cab on the table and get cranking on it. So always have something, you know, six pirates, 12 war of the roses, horses, Something that you can rotate in to keep your momentum. You're painting every hour, every couple hours a day, Um, every day, you know, on the weekends. But keep yourself fresh and motivated because, again, will you enjoy the labor? Will you get bored? And do you have the staying power?
0: Yeah, that's super important. I agree because, look, here's the thing. Maybe that beginner out there is listening to this podcast and like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Uh, these three guys are amazing. I want to meet them and game with them. I'm sure that's what people are thinking, right? Um, but look, right? But like they go out and buy everything, and they don't paste themselves in their painting, and all of a sudden they drop all this money, and then the stuff just sits there, you know. So I think I think it's super super important. It's not just about knowing how to get into the project. It's really about finishing the project, right? Um, and I it's agree. With never you, too. finished.
2: It's well, never again, finished.
0: In your mind,
2: it's never <laughs> ever. <laughs> Ever finished, <laughs> always be bigger, you know. It's, yeah, I'm just gonna add two battalions. Well, I gotta add two battalions the other side. I'm yeah. just gonna add some siege equipment. I better have some siege defenders. Oh, yeah. and then I need the castle for the siege equipment to attack, and the castle for the sea. Yeah. And
0: that's what's great about it, right? That's what's great about yes. the hobby. But no, but Titch, you're right, like. I find it's so much easier to do that once you have everything else. Like, when you've got the foundation or the core of whatever you're playing, it's so much easier to add that stuff. And then to me, I don't know about you, but, like, that's when it really becomes fun for me. Like, I've got most of my War of the Roses stuff done, but what I'm really going to enjoy doing is, you know, adding those little bits, like adding the crossbowmen. Adding the hand gunners, you know, adding artillery, like all of the little things that accompany, like the big meaty, you know, Billman units and all that stuff, you know. Well, uh, if, if Titch has his way, you'll have a thousand more. No, things I, to know, add. I know, I <laughs> know. You know what's funny? Like that actually, like there's just be a forty, yeah, hundred forty. Just, just be a whole article, like in some magazine somewhere about like Titch. You could basically save the hobby, like that. That's <laughs> really like you could be like the Messiah of. Of, of miniature wargaming you know just buy no, people stuff I, no no I,
2: I, I go i go back to this and i said in a minute ago you got to replace yourself yeah when i was a much younger man i lived in greenville south carolina and i had a ping pong table in my dining room covered in wargaming terrain and a couple of the i had two teenage kids live next door and one that lived the next house down and they would come over and they would look at the games and i would Show them how to play things and they're like, how do we get started? Right. I said, pick a scale and a time period that you guys want to do, huddle up, figure it out, come back to me and I'll support it. Yeah. I get you started. You guys can come over and paint. You can use all my stuff till you get your stuff. You got to buy your own minis, but figure it out. So what did they pick? Fifteen millimeter, World War II, the only period I had nothing for. Right. Now I have five hundred tanks and God knows what else. Right. But they each built a force. One built British. The brothers built Germans. They 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 got into it. And actually, the kids next door, Evan and Jared, went to Cold Wars one year. Yeah. With their granddad, he took them up there. We met up there. Well, that's I think cool. I actually introduced them to your pop. Yeah, that but, sounds familiar. Yeah. But you've got to replace yourself. Yeah. You've got to grow the hobby one new gamer at a time.
0: Right. And we play a role in that, dude. Cause like if you think about it, all of us had those people in our lives that helped us, right? So whether it's you helping me or me helping Kelly or Steven um helping, you know, Steve has been on a couple of times, um, helping Kelly out. I mean I think you kind of have to give it back, right? Which in a weird way is why I started the podcast, right? I mean, that's, I mean, if you really, it's not about money. It's really about doing this and who knows, like you never know how many people are going to listen to this and kind of get out there and be like, all right, I'm going to start, you know? So I think that's super important, you know? And
2: drag somebody into it. And and what I like is I've got a a friend who went to the Naval Academy, was a Naval commander, um, boat driver, and special operations um, overseer. He has no ability to paint, no interest in painting, but if I'm hosting a game, he wants to be here. Yeah. So he's a gamer. Yeah, totally. And if he goes to a con and buys a book or does something, it helps grow the hobby. It keeps the, yeah. it keeps the vendors in, in business. It, it keeps stuff moving forward, but he's never going to paint. He's never going to collect, but he wants to participate. And, yeah. and if that's all you have, that gives you – A reason to enjoy the labor keeps you from getting bored and provides you with staying power.
0: Yeah, totally. So boys, I think in terms of this episode, I feel like we've covered a lot of ground. And what I wanted to do before we wrap up, and T, I'm going to put the pressure on you because you've been a pretty big impetus behind these series of episodes that we're going to do. T, next time we do this for part two, um, what do you think, some of the big topics are going to be. What do you think somebody needs to know? So look, we've given, we've poured out for the last probably 50 or 55 minutes ideas about getting started, where to get your minis, how to get them, how to look at it. I mean, where should we go next for a part two?
2: I really think part two has to be, how do you run a game? How do you set up a game? Right? Yep. (laughs) Okay, so I've got my miniatures. They're painted. What rules did I use to get myself to the basing of miniatures for the tactical application of using them? Got it. And I, so I think what we have to do is cover is how to host a game, how to set up a game, and how to yep. run a game. Yeah. You know, I think that really needs to be our next episode, and I think it'll generate a lot of conversation and hopefully. We can get Corey on as well as Kelly and, and yourself. Yeah. And get Jen up some in, some conversation and information because I am more of a figure painter yeah. and project manager than I am a great game master. Yeah. I love to participate in a game, but I am not I can read a set of rules and I'm kind of like, yeah, I think I understand how that works. Yeah. And I think rule selection and rules choice, and why would you buy five sets of rules for one period in order to get into it, other than inspiration, aspiration, and then I'm going to play X rules with X units in X scenario to get X outcome.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. So, and, and I think you're right. I think Corey, you know, Corey's a goddamn good GM.
2: He is. He's a great really GM. good. I mean, Cain's he's so like easy crap. to
0: pick on. And Paints he's so like easy crap. to pick on. He's Paints so easy like to
1: pick on. Crap. It's <laughs> like <not> crap.
0: <laughs> no, I know. But we love Corey. And honestly, you know, you Kelly McManus, you know how I speak about Corey most of the time. Oh, yeah. Um, no, he his company is amazing. You know, I see his mats literally everywhere, you know. And let me yeah. tell you, anybody who says they kind of showed up for him, they're probably lying. Um, all right. So I think we've got a really good plan for um our next episode. And, you know, we're not going to sign off quite yet. Um, but just, you know, if, if you're listening out there, I hope that it was this was a helpful podcast for you in terms of thinking a little bit about like if you're going to put that foot into the water, so to speak, how to do it. And Kelly McManus, um, I don't know if you want to weigh in. Um, how do you feel about that? Talking a little, you know, maybe putting on a game, a little bit about rules. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think that would be good because like if if someone does everything that we say, right? Like let's say someone does buy a box or they buy two sides of something from whatever retailer, um, the onus is probably on them yeah. to set something up to get a game going for them to build a community. So yeah, that's kind of the next I mean that's what I do with my game group, right? My yeah. club. So
0: Yeah, no, cool. So I'm glad that we got to do this. I'm glad you guys got to meet because I don't know if you know realize Kelly McBanis what you're getting into. Oh yeah, I know. Do you that's know what you're getting I, that's, into. That's why I came
1: on. Yeah. So so Just the waters.
0: <laughs> so for our for for our listeners out there, you guys know that you know Salute 2024 is happening this year. Um, T Dog, myself, um, we've been talking about going to this con for a very 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 long time, and I got. Titch, I got your uh, I got your twenty sided gamified hoodie, literally in this box over here. Did you buy um, a three
2: X? Because otherwise, I'm I got a little, like I got, a fat man big. in a little coat.
0: No, no, you're going to be fine. It's pretty big. It's pretty okay. gigantic. And Kelly McManus, um, I mean, it looks like you're going to pull the trigger, huh?
1: Yeah, I should I should probably get the hotel. And yeah, you only this live week. once. Yeah, I yeah do you only, that only this live week. week.
0: So I don't know. We might come back. I don't know. It depends on who takes the reins. We you know, probably if, won't. If T Dog takes the reins, God only knows. I don't know no, where we're going We're, we're end up.
1: done because we said all those awful things about the English and our Napoleon. No, but podcast. you know what though, Kelly? The I dad? I
0: I have spoken to some of those English folks. Um Do I don't they think agree? we've no, I, I don't know. Like I don't think we upset people as much as we thought we were gonna upset them. So you mean we're the home okay. of
2: the toothbrush? Because anywhere else it would be called the teeth.
0: Brush. <laughs> no, so so T, I I said some inflammatory things about the Brits. Um, oh, we don't okay. need to we don't necessarily need to get into it but uh, i did say some terrible things crime. about them <laughs> uh, during okay. our little napoleon have
2: so, you seen napoleon yet by the way i've refused to uh subject myself to such pain and torture oh, until it comes on it. apple plus tv
0: it is going to be on apple soon though right i think yeah, that, the that's four what our version but that might be better it might actually be better i don't you know? think it is i, you think know, it's I don't gonna think it's so. are the same yeah i don't know we'll have to see but um We will definitely have to see. So, gentlemen, um, this was a blast. I I had a really good time. I'm almost done with my scotch here, you know. Also, it's like an hour past my bedtime. Yeah, so for those of you listening, um, I normally record these in the morning. Um, We decided to do this one at night. You know, Titch is a night owl. Guy's up, you know, all hours, like a wild person. He's been holding signs up this whole time. I definitely can't show this as a video. Because of the awful, awful things that he's been trying to get us to laugh the whole time. It's pretty spicy. And he, it's pretty spicy. You know, he's, he's reusing some of the same cards now, which I think is pretty <laughs> funny. Um, and look, Kelly, he can't control himself. You yeah. know? Um, when we're on the plane, I think we're probably to salute, we'll probably all be in different places. I'm going to have to get some worry. medication to sleep. Yeah. Um, you know, and Kelly, know you've never man. been overseas, right? No. This is going to be a first. Okay.
1: You have a so, passport, correct?
0: Yes. Yeah, he's good okay. there. So we're not going to talk about Titch's personal life, but this man has literally been all over the world.
2: 38 countries No, don't accounting. do it
0: because I know what you're and about I to do. And I have
2: been to salute twice. Yeah. And my personal record is $3,800 oh, in a Jesus. single visit. Yeah. 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 And, I, my suitcase weighed 97 Yeah, that's just pounds. ridiculous.
0: That's not going to happen this year, though. I don't want anything happening with your family. I don't want to be held responsible for any of this, you know?
2: No, look, Deborah loves you, would never hold you responsible. (laughs) Gabby, on the other hand, would hold me responsible for you losing it, but that's that's okay. Actually, well, that's
0: a good, I don't know. That's a good question. I think I'll have to ask her when we're done with this podcast. Um, That's a very good question. How much stuff you could get? How much you could afford to bring back? Actually, my father would blame you. See, I, I, oh, I think that's yeah. about. Burt
2: Bert would be like, "What in the name of all things yeah, holy and yeah. sacred, Jared? Did you no. listen to that maniac?" Yeah. Well, he's
0: been saying that for decades at this point. Yeah, <laughs> and I what did he get death. you to do? No, we both do. I know that. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta I have him on death. at some point. Yeah, really. Uh, oh my God, I would be afraid of what would happen.
2: You know. You uh, can tell the story that I tell oh, about God. meeting Jared Fishman. Yeah, so
0: that we can save for another episode, you know. And on that note, by the way, I'm sure you're all tired of listening to us ramble. But um, no, this was a lot of fun, and I think it was, I think it was a really worthwhile topic. So, so for those of you listening out there, we're going to wrap up. Um, so a couple of things. Uh, first off, don't forget that when part two comes out, we'll focus on the, how to run a game, how to find a good set of rules, all that's going to happen couple of other things. Uh, Just a couple of plugs, right? We were making fun of Corey earlier, but he's really awesome. Scarbox Battles, really like one of the best companies out there when it comes to buying a gaming mat. Another thing to consider too, right? Shameless plug, even though um, it's not too shameless. Um, You need somebody to talk to if you're struggling through the holidays. If you're having difficulty of any sort, it's not like the old days, like we were talking about with Miniature Wargaming, where you have to like spit in the wind and hope it hits a building that has somebody for you to talk to in case you need help. Not anymore, right? So in terms of our sponsor, really great sponsor, BetterHelp. um, It's literally talking to somebody's a click away. It's in the show notes um, and it's been in the show notes for a while now. Um, Kelly McManus, um, I know you got to work tomorrow and it's late. So uh, thank you for being the world's greatest co-host. And I appreciate that you are uh, willing to hop onto this call. Thank you, dude. Yeah, thanks for uh, having me. And Titch, um, you know, what, what else do I need to say to you, sir?
2: <laughs> I don't know. It's 1028. I got at least an hour, hour and a half of painting yeah. in me. So I'm going to the back gate
0: Now, so in all seriousness, though, dog, um, you are the guru when it comes to this hobby. So I was literally not going to do this without you. So I'm glad that you came on and I'm, I think it's going to be really helpful to people.
2: Well, I hope so. I mean, I think it will definitely i I really do and and there's no game you can't put on. There's no scope scale or otherwise you can't achieve. it's it's like my boss used to say, gotta eat the elephant one bite at a time. Yeah, totally, dude. You know, and I think what we also need to cover is how you find the things that make you successful, paint mm-hmm. brushes tools, that kind of stuff. Maybe that can be our third episode. Yeah. Um, And kind of wrap it up. I want to get started. I'm going to get started. I'm jumping in. I jump into the deep end. Most people use the zero entry pool. Yep. And then what am I going to do with it? And then you know, kind of refining it.
0: Yep. No, totally. Absolutely. 100%. And that's a great way to end. All right, everybody. So for those of you listening out there, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I hope we didn't scare you too much. Um, And I will see you soon. Be healthy. Enjoy the holidays. See y'all later. Peace. 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 Thank you so much for listening to today's 20-sided Gamified Podcast. I hope you got as much out of the conversation as I did. If you're interested in learning more about the organizations I work with, please visit www.nextgengaming.org and www.nasaga.org My Instagram handle is hmgs underscore nextgen underscore inc. Until next time, be well, get some gaming in, and roll some 20s. Thank you so much.